You are listening to the sermon stream of the Mulvane Church of Christ in Mulvane, Kansas. Subscribe in your favorite podcatching app or find and listen to any sermon online at mulvanechurch.com sermons. As we have read just these bleak and awful words that as we have uh, given them some serious consideration, uh, just seem to keep going and going and going. And uh, it's a long section about the the horrible errors and horrible consequences of uh, false teachings in the church that is sensual and selfish and corrupt and oppressive, but it must have been wrapped in enough piety that these guys were considered false teachers. And not just like, I think about in 1 Corinthians 6, uh, Paul instructs some of the brethren, most likely some of the fellows, probably some of the younger fellows. He just gives them the simple instruction, knock it off with the fornication. Don't join up with harlots and become one body with them. Flee fornication. But it doesn't take that long. It's just, a, it's just, hey, this is what you guys are doing, knock it off. This has some of that same immorality, but it seems to be covered by error and justification and a false justification, uh, some kind of teaching and some kind of theology, some kind of instruction that uh, covers people doing it and particularly gives cover to people who are teaching who are doing it. And so when some of the young guys in the back are doing these same behaviors, Paul is just pretty, you know, just, hey, knock it off, right? This is unbecoming. It's not fit. But there's six or eight verses. This, with Peter, just keeps going. And Jude will deal with the same problem at almost the same length. So we just see more of these things of error as we go in verse 18. For speaking out arrogant words of vanity, they entice by fleshly desire. So the, the, the fleshly desire is being appealed to by the instruction. They, there's arrogant words of vanity and enticing people in, in get, drawing people into this, it's by sensuality, those who barely escape the ones who live in error. And so we, we picture this, bear, this wonderful word picture, barely escaping the ones who live in error. The, the, the Christians have, some of them, just by the skin of their teeth, made it out of the errors of paganism or made it out of the errors of a, a corrupt Judaism. Uh, or They just barely made it over here to Christ and instead of being welcomed by those who are sound in the faith and long in uh, uh, righteousness and, and moderation and, and uh, you know, uh, ed- uh, conduct that, and teaching that edifies, they are now, by their teaching, appealing to those converts' own desires because they have that desire. And it's cover for their desire, and it's enticing to the desires uh, of those who have just barely come out of that, and so maybe they're more susceptible in their immaturity to that, and their teaching of these things. Again, we started with false prophets and false teachers back in verse 1 because they are promising freedom. So they're teaching things that sound like, boy, this is freeing, this is great, but it's not. It's a, a, a libertinism. It's uh, a lawlessness. Uh, the fancy word for that in theology is antinomianism. It's a lawlessness 
they're promising a freedom, but really they're bringing them to corruption. They're slaves of corruption, even as they pretend to teach other people the way of freedom. And by what a man has overcome, that he's enslaved. So they're enslaving people back again to fleshly lust. We should, by Romans 6, present ourselves as slaves for obedience to God, resulting in righteousness. Thanks be to God, though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient to the heart from that form of teaching to which you were committed. Being freed of sin, you became slaves of righteousness. And here, under the guise of being a servant of righteousness, are these corrupt people taking them right back into the slavery of sin that they just got out of, but now they've got a coating of a false Christian morality over top of it, and it makes it all the worse and harder for them to escape from. For if they had, verse 20, for if after they've escaped the defilements of the world, that's the hope and the life of the gospel, escape from the defilements of the world by the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled and overcome, the last state is worse than the first. They came to know Christ and they escaped. And here are these guys leading them, as it were, on a spiritual U-turn by deception and false practices right back to where they were. And now because they have this probably a veneer of a false Christian morality and the feel-goodism of what the gospel does promise, but these guys really aren't delivering, but these people think they've got it. They're worse off than they were before. And what does it compare this state to? It compares this to a dog back to vomit and a sow back in the mire. Verse 21 said, It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn the holy commandment, turn away from the holy commandment delivered. And so now how are you going to get them back with the real gospel? They've already think they've got it. But what they've got is the corrupt version. Some will disown the faith because they see these bad fruits and think, oh, that's Christianity. It's worse than the world or it's not better than the world. They reject a false Christianity or maybe even they persist in a false Christianity. And how do you get them out of a false Christianity back to the true Christianity? So these terrible guys, these terrible false teachers had, have led their followers into this terrible, corrupt, dead end. Why? Because they're making a profit off of it. Because they're able to fulfill their own lust off of it. Because they're getting something out of it. Because they're getting puffed up in it. Because it appeals to their vanity. It gives them a position. It gives them something. Was it at everybody else? Terrible things. What does it do to Christ? And what does it do for the glory of God? Nothing except to uh, corrupt those things in the minds of others. And so we finally come to the sad end of Peter's instruction about this terrible, terrible situation. I remember the first time I recall, I was about seven or eight. We took our dog on a little day trip with us in the back seat of an old Plymouth where the air conditioning barely worked. The dog got as overheated as we did. We were kind of, you know, hoping that uh, the car would go faster just so we'd get more breeze. The dog sitting down on the floorboard was hoping the car would stop. And the dog unloaded his lunch right by my feet. 
But then, much to my disgust, he reloaded his lunch. And we just about unloaded ours. And it was unbelievably terrible. And that is sin. It's unbelievably terrible. It's, it's, a, it's something that stayed with the old Plymouth for a long time. And it's something that stayed with my mind a long time. And I never wanted to see that again, although I was treated to it on a number of occasions over the years. But so much worse to see a person go back to sin. And that's, that is the vivid imagery that Peter uses for the conclusion. So with that, we close Second Peter 2, and we close tonight's invitation. Don't get drawn into these corrupt things of sin, thinking that sin is okay or that, uh, you know, we're going this, this, to let this thing go on because we don't want to be bothered by it. It makes us feel better to just let it persist and to deal with. For our own selfish reasons, don't sell any of this of the gospel short or else you might start down the path of the, that ends there. And don't listen to anybody who seems to make way for that in your life or the life of anybody else. Stay true to the gospel of Christ and the master who bought us rather than these who deny him. And going back to verse 1, bring swift destruction to themselves. With that, we'll close tonight. And we'll close Second Peter 2. And we'll move on to happier things in Second Peter 3. The people denying the Lord's going to come back. It's not just today that has multiple troubles. It's, it's, it's been that way for a long time. But the, the promise of the Lord's return and the refutation uh, of the errors resulting from it uh, that, that uh, are connected to that in the next chapter. But that ends tonight. And we offer the invitation now as we stand, as you need to come to confess uh, sin or confess Christ. Uh, we'll give the invitation as we stand and sing. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Mulvane Church of Christ. Additional sermons and information available at mulvanechurch.com. Come see what a difference the Bible way makes.